This episode is brought to you in part by Candorel. Coming soon, a luxury master-planned condominium community rising at the corner of Bathurst and St. Clair. Situated directly on the subway and streetcar line, a monument of architecture and interior design, a timeless expression of glamour and grace. Forêt Forest Hill. Register today at live at forêt.ca. That's live at f-o-r-e-t dot c-a. It became clear, I think, to everyone involved and everyone in the community that this was a much bigger thing than we anticipated, that um, this wasn't just a couple students, you know, dropping in here and there that, uh, you know, there'd be over 100 students for a Friday night dinner um, for, you know. That's Harley Finkelstein, the president of Shopify, speaking about his new philanthropy project in downtown Ottawa. Four years ago, the Canadian Jewish entrepreneur and philanthropist and his wife, Lindsay Tobe, donated half a million dollars to build a Chabad student center in the place where Finkelstein himself used to go when he was a law student at the University of Ottawa. Now he's the head of an online e-commerce company that's worth $53 billion, and Finkelstein's upping his pledge to help renovate the building he bought that now has his name on it. The Chabad Center's on Friel Street. It's just a three-minute walk from where the old Ottawa Jewish Community Center used to be on Chapel Street for 50 years until 1998, when the community moved to the suburbs and established itself away from the historic downtown. Finkelstein believes it's important to bring back a visible Jewish presence right near Parliament Hill and the Byward Market and Ottawa U. We thought it'd be a place where students would stop by that would have events and would have some, you know, Jewish programming and obviously would host Shabbat and Shabbos dinner and, and high holidays. But we pretty much figured out right away that this was something way more than that. This was becoming a magnet of Jewish life uh, in Ottawa. I'm Ellen Basner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, June the 21st, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Harley Finkelstein's company lost about 70% of its value so far this year on the stock market because investors are worried about inflation and the recession slowing down online shopping. His e-commerce company provides the web platforms for hundreds of businesses. But Finkelstein's people told us he didn't want to talk about that. He wanted instead to focus solely on why the thing he's most proud of so far in his life at age 38 is donating $2 million to help his old mentor, Rabbi Chaim Boyarski, create a space for young Jewish people in downtown Ottawa. Coming up, Finkelstein will be here, along with the CJN's Alex Rose, who's been covering the story. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Gali Barziv in Toronto, and that's how If you were listening to our episode from last Halloween in October, you may remember we interviewed a Jewish couple who work in the horror industry as producers and a reporter. And our episode was called Halachic Halloween, and we talked about why there are so few scary Jewish movies. Well, one of the guests, Jonathan Barkan, has been picked to be a judge for a new horror festival, and he had to help select the top 13 finalists. Each of the films is 60 seconds or less, and at least one of the filmmakers is Jewish. She's Megan Llewellyn of Durham, North Carolina. If horror is your thing, and it sure is the thing of our producer, Victoria Redden, which is why she's all over this story, then you can watch the films in the 13 Minutes of Horror Festival in August. They'll all be on the streaming service Shudder, which is available in Canada through Apple TV or Amazon Prime or directly through AMC+. 
And joining us now is Harley Finkelstein from Ottawa and CJN reporter Alex Rose from Toronto. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yeah, I think it's my first time being on a CJN podcast in, in two years. It's good to be back. You founded the darn things years <laughs> ago. You were the pioneer. So yeah. it's, I'm, Michael, I'm walking yeah. on your shoulders. <laughs> so Harley, I was just saying we first spoke a few years ago um, when you were doing your initial don- donation to found that Jewish community center in Ottawa. And so I know obviously you're going to be adding to that. But before we get to the, the new donation, can you just tell us what the result of the first stage was? Yeah, thanks for the question. So as hopefully some people remember, because uh, you initially sort of broke that story, I think, Alex, when we first did it, um, I moved from Montreal to Ottawa in 2005 to go to law school, not to become a lawyer, but to become a better entrepreneur. But when I got here, I had no friends, I had no family here. But every Friday, this young, um, very unpolished rabbi at the time named Chaim Bayarsky would come and visit me in the in the law school. And I'm not necess- I'm not especially observant, not especially religious, but I, I certainly do believe in, in you know, the Jewish tradition and the Jewish identity is a big part of my life. My, my grandparents are Holocaust survivors. My, 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 you know, I want to, I was raised Jewish and, and very much so. And so uh, every Friday, this rabbi would come to visit me and he knew that I wasn't religious. He knew that I wasn't observant, but he would just come and ask me if I'd want to wrap to fill in with him. And I, and I would, I said, yes. He would often say, do you want to go do this in a small classroom somewhere? And I said, no, let's do it in the auditorium in front of, you know, in the middle of, of the school. And, and I think he always got a good laugh at that. But he, him and I became close and, and I would look forward and anticipate these Friday visits. And eventually we got to know each other well enough. He said, why don't you come join me for Shabbos dinner at my home with my family? And so I began to go to Rabbi Chaim's house pretty much, you know, every Friday, every second Friday for Shabbos dinner. And the, the well, what I initially was blown away by was the amount of people that were there. I mean, you'd walk into this house and there would be students sitting on the stairs, sitting on the floor, sitting at the table. There would be students everywhere. I would ask, you know, what is going on? Is this a special event? And he would say, no, this is, this is what it is every Friday night. And so it became quite obvious to me that this was a very special human being, a very special rabbi, a very special community leader who brought students together in his home. But, but this, this, this thing wasn't scaling very well. And and this is back in 2006 or seven. I mean, I was a poor law student. Uh, I, I sort of joked and said, you know, one day if I ever have enough money, I'd love to help you build and buy a real building and build a real congregation community center. Uh, it was a total throwaway comment. It meant, I mean, it was just something that I, I thought was a nice thing to say. But lo and behold, you know, uh, in our, around 2017 or so, I called him. You know, I was at Shopify now for at that point for almost seven or eight years. We had we'd gone public a couple of years earlier. We were, you know, uh, we weren't, you know, today I think we're the second largest company in the country uh, after the Royal Bank. But at the time, we were, you know, we were much much smaller. Um, but I was able, I was in a position where I, I, th- I thought I'd be able to help. And so I called him and said, Rabbi Chaim, do you remember that that comment I made to you about uh, buying a building one day for you and, and actually moving uh, to a permanent space and out of your home, but actually having a real Jewish community center here in Ottawa in downtown? And he said, I do. And I said, I think I'm ready to do that for you. So it sounds like you're surprised, right, by by the immediate reception and, and the really strong reception. So what do you think that means in terms of because people are bemoaning the the decline in in you know, uh, Jewish engagement to young among young people. But here you have an example of the uptake being way higher than you expected. There's this great anecdote. I believe it's um, it was the Stanford campus in Palo Alto on University Avenue. I, I may be getting this wrong and anyone listening, uh, please f- feel free to uh, find me on Twitter or email me and tell me that I was wrong. But I think it was the Stanford campus. When they were initially building their new campus, they set up a bunch of buildings and the architect 
or the architectural team said, well, here's where we want the paths to be between these buildings. And it'll go from building A to building B to building C, so on and so forth. And, um, and someone on that team said, do not make any paths. Let's wait a year or two. Let's see where the grass is missing. And then we should build the paths where the grass is missing, meaning we should be a lot more open, open-minded. We should be a lot more um, flexible. And rather than dictate how to get from building A to building B, let's see what is happening organically. And that, I think, is the key to this entire story, is that we didn't necessarily have uh, a set-in-stone policy or strategy or um, uh, design for what this building would be. It was, let's just put a building here. Let's invite any Jewish student, Jewish young person, or anyone for that matter, who needs a place to go or wants to you know, get themselves deeper into Jewish life and Jewish tradition and Jewish community, and let, let's see how it gets used. Did you expect when you made the initial donation that you'd be coming to this point? I, I told Rabbi Chaim, and he agreed, but I was like, we have to put a big sign here that says, you know, this is a Jewish community center in, in, like in Sandy Hill. Even though this building had not been renovated, we had a big sign in front, a massive sign that said Jewish community center. And I mean, there was, there was a course risk to that, security risk being one of them, but, but, we, but I, I felt the risk was worth it because first of all, it was managed. We know it's a very safe community, but what it did was it sort of opened, it sort of metaphorically opened its arms and invited people into it. Can I jump in? Being an Ottawa person myself, half of my family's from Ottawa, originally born and bred and went to Carleton. And there was this, the Rito street Jewish community center for generations far, a little farther down. And then of course, because of the communities moving out to the West end, it, it closed, which was, and then Rito bakery closed. So basically slowly, slowly, there's like very few Jewish merchants left in the byword market. As far as I know, this, you know, would be maybe a resurgence to what that part of Ottawa was historically by bringing Jewish life back to it. Your, your point is, 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 is really interesting because one of the things that I thought was strange when I moved here in, in 2005, that the major synagogue that serviced downtown and sort of, you know, the, the major, I guess, city center of, of Ottawa was, which was on Chapel street had closed just as I, as I moved here. And so there actually wasn't a major community center or, or a center of Jewish life in downtown Ottawa. Now, earlier on, I mentioned that we are a G7 capital. The reason that I mentioned that was because as a proud Canadian Jewish person, as a proud Canadian entrepreneur, I actually felt like uh, I, I didn't like that. That didn't sit well with me that Okay, our ca- like G7 capital does not have a prominent Jewish center in its downtown core. That is not right. There's a great community here. The West End has done a great job around Centerpoint, and there's sort of pockets of, of, of different areas, but the downtown core needs to have something meaningful. And so I think that initially drove the, the, the purchase of the building, but it was really the students and their use of it that drove the fact that, you know, we decided to, I mean, you know, I went from a $500,000, you know, investment donation to now what is now $2 million. That was on the basis of demand. Um, the stu- it seemed like there was pent up demand for something that was bigger than we initially anticipated. And, um, I, you know, I've never been accused of being, you know, la- lacking ambition um, that, that with my business, but that's also with, you know, the, the, the community and, and, and the philanthropic things that my family and I do. You mentioned that 
you're you're giving or Alex mentioned you were your second donation, but you have the community responsible for raising uh, double or almost double or three point was it three point seven million more. So yeah. uh, with Roger Greenberg and all these people who are um, helping on that fundraising campaign. So how is that going? So once we sat down and Jaime uh, and I discussed this, we said, yeah, th- th- there's a real there's a real thing happening here that we didn't anticipate. And I said, I think it's important that we bring in some people who are far you know, deeper, has far deeper roots into the community than I do. Um, And the first call that I made was, was Ian Shabinsky. And, and if you know the Ottawa sort of Jewish community story very well, the Shabinsky family have been part of this community for a very, very long time. They, they sort of were pillars of the community and, and Ian, someone that I I really look up to as a mentor and he's an amazing human. And then Jules Sigler, um, who is not only sort of comes from the real estate community and understands construction, but same thing. I think his family came here a hundred years ago and they've been pillars of the Jewish community. And so I, I asked Jules and Ian, if they would meet me, uh, we met at the, at the Jewish center. And I said, you know, look around. Um, this is something that I think, uh, this was, this is already something really great, but I think there's this sort of 10 X opportunity. And, uh, Ian said, you know, Harley, like it, let us know what would you feel comfortable doing? And, and, and Lindsay and I, my wife and I committed to an additional 1.5 million. And then Ian said, let me go and, and raise the rest in the community, because I don't think this is, this is no longer just a university student, Jewish community Chabad thing. This is now a Canadian, you know, Jewish um, building, and and this is something that will help uh, the Jewish community across the country, and especially here in Ottawa. And it's been amazing because, you know, I do not have the network that Ian and Jules do. I do not have the experience in building and construction that Jules has. Um, and so, one of the things that we've done is we've sort of enrolled the rest of the Ottawa Jewish community in this project, and um, it's been it's been amazing. I mean, the response has been incredible. Are people? I know it says on the website that people are now down the street somewhere else because they're in the middle of renovations, right? Do we have a date for the ribbon? Or, we're hope, or? Yeah, when the semester starts, we're hoping to be in there. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Marilyn Sinclair in Vaughan, Ontario. And we'll end the show with a reminder that if you want to be sure and receive the new edition of the CJN magazine, which is now at the printers, go to the CJN circle and subscribe. And you can save double high. That's $36 off the regular price. If you use the promo code CJN daily when you pay, that's at the CJN circle. And the link is in our show notes. 